This is weird shit that my mom says. Episode 8. I'm Jules Creighton. And I'm Cece Alice. back again i want to do a rap song when you say we're back again but i don't know exactly which one i don't i don't remember how it starts i have no idea what rap song you're talking about actually yeah i think i i know it but maybe, maybe some of you can hear it in your head too but <laughs> so this the is the only one i'm hearing in my of... head is low rider low rider low does that have we're back again in it a low, low rider. Are you going to introduce yourself? I thought you weren't going to talk yet. Oh, I'm just a weird guy that comes on to support you two awesome stars. Thanks. Thanks. Damn right. The doc is the doc is back with us um, because we left off talking about vampires and he's still going to be giving his commentary about all things dead. So, are you going to talk during this part, or are you going to shut the fuck up? I do what I'm told. Okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) Are we doing... So, we have to do a good job. So, the doc and I are on on one microphone, sharing it, and he's trying to be a good boy and be very, very slow with his movements so that we don't make any boops on the microphone. And we're trying not to talk over each other either so that CC doesn't kill us when it comes to editing. Yeah, editing's hard shit, man. It is. I assume it, it is. Cece's yeah, it awesome. Sucks. She does she does all of our editing. She does all of the social media because I don't do social media. And you should, you're doing a really great job with that. I'm very I hope I am. For you. I hope I am. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of work some days. But that's okay. Because it's worth it. Okay, well. End. Or hopefully it will be. I'd love if you get, get sick of that shit. Things. If you get sick of that shit, then you got to teach me. I'm just imagining you trying to edit and it just makes me... I just... It, it makes me nervous. Because I feel like you'll get so mad at it. Why? <laughs> Because I just imagine you, like, screaming at the computer. That's what I imagine. I do! Yeah. So it it stresses me out. And I, I think that editing myself stresses me out less than you trying to edit. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not like you have to be in the same room with me while I'm yelling at computers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Do you ever wonder how I do my job every day? Sometimes really, I wonder... I I, I wonder, like, how how many noises you make in your office. Uh, I actually do. I do talk to myself in my office. Um, like, people can see into my office even when the door is closed. So I hope that they just think that I'm, like, on meetings all the time. But I definitely talk to myself, especially when I'm writing. I believe that. Yeah. But for these... We're going to 
Are, are you cool? Are you cool with us getting right back into the story? I am. Do you want to do the recap? I'm going to, I'm actually going to have you do the recap so that I can see how much knowledge you retained. Okay. Cece, I'm looking at you. Okay. So last time. I'm looking at Jules... you, girl. <laughs> last time Jules covered vampires and some other interesting creatures from the land of Serbia and the Balkans. And we learned a lot about weird little things and so superstitions that were made up, probably to get kids to do dishes after Christmas dinner and, you know, things like of that nature, just trying to scare your kids, trying to get people to go to church, all that good stuff. But really, you know, when it comes down to it, the most important thing that came from Serbia, as far as these these legends go, is really vampires. Because people thought that they came from Transylvania. And while that's near to... Is Transylvania a real place? Did I yeah, make that up? Transylvania okay. is a real place. I didn't know if that was like the, the made up one. Pencil, no, Pennsylvania Transylvania. Pennsylvania is also somewhere? real. Pennsylvania is also real, but I thought there was like a made up. Okay, well, Transylvania is where everybody thinks that vampires come from. And while it's nearest, near to Serbia... It's not Serbia. And Serbia is really where they come back. And so we talked a little bit about what makes a vampire, how they get there. If you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it. But we also had this special guest that appeared as well. The doc joined us because he knows all about dead things and how they decompose and what kinds of creepy things might happen, like farting after you die. And so that's where we're at going into this week. Did you say, like, Friday after you die? No, like, farting after you die. Oh, I thought you said, like, Friday after you die. And I'm like, <laughs> On the Friday bitch! after you die, that's when you start to burp and fart. I thought you were, like, like predicting my, del- my death on Friday. Well, I could have messed up the words because I did recently transition back to low-carb. And sometimes but what does that have to I do with switch. anything? No, okay. So when you switch from a regular diet to low carb, you get weird brain issues. Like your brain fucks up a lot. And sometimes when I do that, I do say the wrong word. So this is being recorded. So I guess I'll find out if I said I Friday. just say the wrong words all the time. I have to pretend not. Okay, wait. Go backwards. Uh, I have to try really hard. To not say dumb things all the time. You know this about me, Cece. So that's why my professional... show is called Weird Shit That My Mom Says. Yeah, I know. So it's like when I'm in my in my professional life, I always tell myself, like, okay, Jules, think before you talk. Think before you talk. And it's a lot of work. Cause I just like to just spit shit out. And I know it sounds stupid as hell, but that's why we do this show, right? I think it's funny. I hope that that y'all don't think I'm that stupid. But yes, I do talk a lot faster than I think, unfortunately. And I don't she really have does. carb brain or whatever you call it. <laughs> the keto brain fog? The keto brain fog. Oh, wait, I did have keto oh, brain fog once. Yeah. Because you, you told me it's I had to try keto. Thing. 
Okay. Well, I don't have any keto brain fog. I've been eating carbs like it's nobody's business. I am eating some good for me carbs, but I don't have any keto brain fog. So I'm going to jump back into the story. I'm going to take us to... Okay. First of all, before I go into this though, I am going to say again, I am very, very sorry if you are from pretty much anywhere in Europe and I tried to say words because it's probably not going to be great. She's going to fuck it up. I, I did try. Like some of the words were so foreign to me that I was just like, okay, I got to look this up. And, and and so I'm going to give it my best shot here. So we are going to modern day Serbia, about 60 miles east of Belgrade. And I believe it is in the northeastern portion of, of Serbia. And it's called, it's cod. Did you hear me say that? It's cod. Yeah. Uh, the town is called Kisiljevo. I believe Kisiljevo, and it didn't used to be called that. It used to be called something a little bit different back in 1725. If you'll recall, last time we were on, we talked to the doc about the different climate of that area, and that was the reason for it. And we determined, what did we determine, Cece? That their summers are like, you know, regular continental summers i think is what it said so their summers get between like 77 and 86 degrees i'm sure they get hotter sometimes so i would say like a midwest summer but i don't know about the humidity okay but it is in a mountainous region so we're assuming that it might be a little bit drier yeah so just all that we're keeping in mind okay so anyway Let's see. We're going to get back into this. Um, We're talking about modern day. The last that I saw the actual population of the area um, that I found, and for the record, it was really hard to research this story because it's pretty much, it's well documented in some ways, but in other ways, it's just only documented so much. And also the people of Serbia appear to be very superstitious still. And so there are a lot of people that just won't fucking talk about it. Oh, because they think it's going to make a vampire come get them. Yes. Cool. Now, that might not be true or it might be, but um, there was this one article where the person went in search of a specific grave of a very specific individual who is famously like, you know, the vampire that we want to talk about. Like Grandpa Vampire? uh, He's he's what? Is he the grandfather of all vampires? I don't know. I mean, I'm probably full of shit if I say this, but I mean, like, that's pretty much like claiming that, yeah, he's kind of like that. Even though in these stories it says that other vampires may have happened before him. Or they must have, because people knew about it. Okay. Anyway. All right. So... There are records, but local lore, like I said, is repressed because it's scary. And if you really want to get the lowdown on what's going on, if you go to this town, you got to go see the president of the village. The village is like 
around 700 people, I think, as it was back in the day. And this president of the village, which I don't know if he's still president or not, is named Mirko Bojicic. Mirko Bojicic. Um, he, you know, at the time of this article, he was a dude that was like in his fifties. He was a warm, intelligent gentleman. Um, he lived in a household that had four generations in it, which is very common for that area in the little village, even in modern times. Um, he's very much like the records keeper guy, and he is well-versed in the history and folklore of the area. So... Kiseljivo is, it's in what was a river port town on the Danube or Danube River. Um, It's now on the banks of a 14 kilometer artificial lake that that area was made into. And this is like a touristy resort area, but nobody really cares about this little village. Right. So it's not like they're a hotspot okay. or anything. Um, they have had a declining population there. But now some of these other articles that I saw, uh, there is one dude that is trying to get like a, a themed village in the town because he like wants to turn it into a tourism hotspot mm-hmm. because of what happened in their village back in 1725. Am I building suspense or am I just babbling? I know I I'm guessing I'm coming to conclusions in my head and I want to find out if they're accurate because I hear theme and I want to know what and I have a guess. Are you doing like this? Are you like, Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm I'm going like this on my legs. I'm like, Argh. like jazz hand fingers. I'm like jazz handing. Yeah. In here. OK. OK. So the gentleman that is well known in this area, um, I'm going to call him. Undead Peter. Ooh. There's like another reason I am using the term undead Peter that I think is funny. And yes, it is of a uh, off-color brand. Anyway, okay. Peter Blagov. Hang on. Oh, God, I suck at this. Hang on. Okay. Let's just pretend like I can actually talk and tell a story, okay? Okay. This is like when I try to tell jokes and they get out of hand. Yeah. So here we are in Serbia, right? This is following the Ottoman Empire. There was a lot of war-torn areas. Um, Now these areas, they were inhabited by the Turks, but now they are belonging to Austria. Um, As the Ottoman Empire came to a close and the Habsburg empire took hold and the story takes place like i said um in the seat of the regional administrative um veliko greatest administrative region so basically the austrians um once the war was done they they took back over the area that had really been like worn torn, war torn, not worn torn, like a pair of jeans. Um, <laughs> war torn, and a lot of these little villages were like deserted, like people were like fuck this shit and they ran away, right? In all these little mountain towns, so the Austrians were like, 
okay, let, let's repopulate these little villages. We're going to put some German-speaking people um, and pretend like, like everybody wanted us to be here after the war, right? So they go to take over some of these villages. Now, it's unclear to me whether or not this, this little village that I'm talking about, the, the Kisilova or whatever I called it, um, it's unclear to me whether or not these were Austrians that were transplanted there or if they were just like traditional Serbians that like held their ground. Either way, this place was, was, was still alive and they had about 800 people there at the time. And they're in there. And then what they do is that administrative village, like I was talking about, um, Veliko Greatest, they had a Paviza, uh, that was in charge of everybody there. So his name was the Camera Paviza Frombold. So his last name is Frombold. He was in charge of everybody there. It was his job to make sure that the people were safe, happy, doing what they were supposed to do. Those were his villagers in all of these little scattered villages around so He's like there. the tiny king in that area. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he's he's in charge of that area. Like a tiny king. No, not really. Like, well. Um. So what was what were what were they like at that time? So these these Austrians, you know, they're they're German speaking. Um they're very pragmatic, you know, very logical. They're not into all this folklore and all the other stuff. But what he didn't count on when he's in charge of all these people, you know, and taking care of their problems was that they were being so, well, Serbian, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, we have our ways of doing things here and whatever. That's why I say, like, it doesn't make sense to me whether or not they were Austrian transplants or if they were actually just Serbians there. I know it's hard to say. Um, so what happens is this entire village, like, comes to him, like, Beauty and the Beast village pitchfork style like you know kill the yeah. beast ah, kill the beast <laughs> yeah and they're like all in a tizzy everybody's going nuts and i'm going to do this and no, i'm not going to do it in my best austrian accent but let's just pretend that the terminator is saying that he's very uncomfortable okay. with this i am a pragmatic logical person and now you want me to protect you from what you think that what's going on a fucking vampire Right. So Frombold is is getting like pummeled by these people. They want him to come and take a look at what the fuck is going on, right? So he's got a problem here. Um he's kind of going like fuck, I can't let my villagers run away like what happened back in the Ottoman Empire because during the Ottoman Empire um, the Ottoman overlords, they laughed at the vampire thing, and a lot of the villagers just ran away on them. Like, they couldn't keep them under control. So, he's also got this other problem where, like, he has to answer to his superiors in whatever he decides to do to protect this village. So, he also can't go to his superiors and be like, okay, so, they want me to dig up a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I did that. So he's like, fuck, what do I do? 
So finally he decides that like it's more important for him to to get you know come and talk to these people find out the entire story what the fuck is going on that's making them all freak out and he thinks he's just going to logically explain to them that it's not a big deal. Well that's not really what happened. So he's used to giving orders and not making decisions. So he just goes in and he's like, "All right everybody, let's be calm and Christiany." like WWJD and tell me what happened. Right. (laughs) So they go into this story about this man and he is documented as being named Peter (sighs) Pagoyevich, Pagoyevich, Peter Pagoyevich. Okay. Just pick something in and stick with it confidently. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Uh, Pagoyevich. I wrote it out phonetically, actually. Okay. Like a kindergartner. Um, but it turns out that some of these people that were talking about it in the village, that they're like, that's probably not really what his name was. That's probably like what the Austrians wanted to call him. Because there are still families in the area that have the name Blagojevich. And they think that he was named Peter Blagojevich. So for all intents and purposes, we're just going to call him Undead Peter. Okay? Okay. I'm not going to do any more of these names because I know that it's out of control. Out of control. All right. So Peter, the Undead Peter, he is just an average dude. He died in an average way at the age of 300 or maybe 62 one of the two. So he was you know, either like 300 years old or 62. Yeah. You know, but just average, you know, like upper middle-aged man. Um, Again, a lot of weird accounts here. As with every story I do, where all of the details are a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. So, like I said in, in the last episode, um, folks up in the mountainous areas here... Uh, their dead get like the prime real estate so that they are not disturbed. So they put them at a higher level than the alive people down in the village. Like you could get like blown away so by a like, flood. they climbing a mountain with a dead body. Yeah. But they're like, we don't want our dead people to come flying out of the ground if there's a flood. Right. So, you know, Peter dies and he's just a dead dude. That went to his new eternal bachelor pad up on the hillside, you know? Okay. He's up there. And about four days or ten weeks after he died, um, again, discrepancy about how long he was in the ground. <laughs> so yeah. that really makes the difference. And that's why we're going to bring Doc in to talk about all things dead. Um, so these people are like, he died. We went to his fucking funeral. But then there's a big old knock, knock on the door. And Mrs. Undead Peter has a fucking visitor. Right? And he's like, surprise, motherfucker. Give me my opancy. Also known as habitually worn shoes. Like, dead dude literally comes, knocks on his wife's door, his own home. And is like, hey, can I have my shoes? And she's just like... And that's like, all he wants. Yeah. So I guess he was like buried barefoot. 
Um, Maybe they experienced a pair wasn't... of shoes he didn't like. Yeah. I need my shoes. <laughs> and she's like, okay, that was freaky. Here you go. She just gives him the fucking shoes. She doesn't ask him what's up. What would you do? I mean, like, I get it that sometimes back in the day they didn't love their spouses anymore or ever when they were married. But you'd think that she'd want to, like, have a chat with them. Be like, how, I... how are you alive? How have you been? I'm so happy to see you. The doc is shaking his head as if as if he wouldn't he wouldn't have questions for me. If I showed up asking for my shoes. Well, no, I'd give you the shoes until you get lost. (laughs) You'd be like, you're dead. See ya. (gasps) I'm dead to you? No. Remember, you told me I would be cute or dead. I didn't actually say that. Your subconscious said that to you. No, so anyway, I mean, come on here. The guy shows up and he wants his shoes. Why, Why would you bury a man barefoot? That right there puts you at a higher risk for somebody to come back to your house. I'm putting you in your alligator boots. Yeah. Either way. Okay. So here we go. She gives him she gives him the shoes. And then she's like, holy shit. So Mrs. Undead Peter is like, listen here, village. I am alarmed. She raises the alarm. And oh, she's now like, she's concerned. Okay. Now she's concerned. You know, after the shock wears off. And I don't know where he was hiding out or whatever. She seems to think that he, like, went to another village or that's, like, what she told people. So I don't know if Undead Peter was like, I need my shoes and go into another village or what. Or she just deduced that from where he was traveling. Yeah. Um, But I did read that vampires could change into, like, a horse or a cow or something. I thought they changed into bats. I don't know. This is like old time vampires. If I was going to change into something, I would pick a horse for sure. You're going to go a lot faster that way. Would you? Like, why would you pick a cow or a a horse or a cow? Did you say a pig or did I just make that part up? (laughs) You made that part up, keto brain. Okay, but like a cow, you're going to end up as a fucking hamburger. Like, obviously you're going to be a horse. Like, who picks a cow to like travel around as? You could end up as gelatin. Like, you could have gelatin feet. Just your feet. It's just your feet. Okay. I just feel like your Either chances way. are better as a horse. That's all. I think so. I agree. But either way, um, I have no idea where the fuck he went. But I do have, like, a suspicion as to where he went if this was, in fact, him as a vampire. But, like, over the next few days, like, nine floppy people found okay go backwards in time over the next few days they found like nine people that were kind of floppy like you know and they claimed that peter had visited them and the reason they were floppy was that he throttled them (laughs) until they got floppy and then he sucked blood out of their throat or their blood or <laughs> he sucked out blood, blood out of their, their throat or their stomach, not their blood. Oh. And then within 24 hours of this happening to them, of getting throttled and sucked on. Oh, that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> They were dead within 24 hours. But all nine of them 
individually like complained that that undead Peter had come to them. And so now let's fast forward a little bit. It's like, I don't know, however many days later, a few days later, and undead Peter returns back to his home and he knocks on the door again. This time, his son, which I'm not sure if the son was like a grown ass man or if he was like a kid, we don't know. But either way, the wife hid. She was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And she's hiding. And like the kid goes to the door and undead Peter is like, I'm hungry. Give me food, right? He's got a cage of the munchies. So apparently, you know, his clothes weren't enough to eat. And also the villagers weren't enough to eat. He wanted some like real ass food. Okay. So was he trying to get his wife to like cook him a meal after he's been out sucking on other I don't people? know. Maybe he just wanted a sandwich or something. Okay. Okay. So did they give so, him some sandwiches? No. The son was like, fuck right off, dad. Fuck off. Stop coming around here being dead at mom. I've had it with your shit. Leave. Were there and any... Did he look any different than he did in the lifetime? Like, was there any features like fangs and things like that that they described when they saw him? No, nobody said anything about fangs in any of this. Okay, being... so he just... He looks like Peter, but he's had been dead before. I don't know. Maybe he was sparkly. <laughs> Like in the in the Twilight movies, that's perfect. Yeah, I think he was. He was sparkling. shining like a diamond. Yeah, he was. So, anyway, Undead Peter got really pissed that his kid wouldn't yeah. give him food, and so he just like brutally murdered his kid in front of the wife. What a dick! I but know. The wife probably should have gone to the door herself to protect her son. That's why I'm thinking that he might have been like an adult. Okay. Yeah. Also, I was trying to research this, and every time I would, like, pull up a story about it, I just, I kept thinking, like, okay, somebody's going to give me a little bit more. Somebody's going to give me a little bit more. So I go into this one story, and it literally was, like, a pornographic story written about (gasps) this. Somebody wrote an an erotic... And the sun. ...account of this. Okay, it wasn't pornographic. Well... It was like a romance novel, like in that style. Oh. But at first I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? And then all of a sudden the kid had like like a, a woman that lived in the house with him. And then she was like, oh, I can't stop thinking about him. And, and I'm like, okay, things are getting weird. This is obviously not going to help me at all. That was a Peter the Undead um, fan fiction. It was. It really was. So... Either way, the wife is traumatized. Her kid's dead. They get him buried, whatever. She's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to go find a new life in another village where nobody knows me. Yeah. And I'm leaving. And so she just, she gets right out of there. By this point, like, everybody in the village knows about what's going on. They all know about all of the, the nine or ten or whatever it is, dead people, that that he made floppy by throttling mm-hmm. them, right? And that they died of a mysterious illness within 24 hours after that. So at this point, that's when they go see the Frombald guy. And they're like, 
Austrian dude, you are in charge of us. Grab your pitchfork and your stakes and let's go. And he's like, holy shit. God damn it. So he's like, I gotta go find this dead man. Yeah, he's like, everybody just settle the fuck down. I'm gonna go get a Pope, okay? And so he did. All right. Here's a cool part is that I did find what I do believe was the report that the Austrian wrote. Wow, that's pretty cool to find like that much afterward. Yeah. Like is it hard they did to say understand? This, well, I don't speak German. And so it was translated into English. Was it translated into modern day English? Uh yeah, maybe. Like, so I think that this is it because it was like a quote thing and I found it on this really weird website and I will send it. I'll send the website to you so that you guys can read the whole thing if you want to and you can put it on our, on all the grams. Um, so I'm going to read a portion of this here. I'm going to read a couple portions of it, but in particular, here I go. All right. Since I could not hold such people from the resolution they had made, either with good words or with threats, I went to the village, Kisilova, taking along the greatest gray disc pope, not the greatest pope, and viewed the body of Peter Plagovich, which, as we know, is his Austrian name, just exhumed, finding in accordance with thorough thoughtfulness that first of all, I did not detect the slightest odor that is otherwise characteristic of the dead, and the body, except for the nose, which was somewhat fallen away, was completely fresh. The hair and beard, even the nails, of which the old ones had fallen away, had grown on him. The old skin, which was somewhat whitish, had peeled away, and a new fresh one had emerged under it. The face, hands, and feet, and the whole body were so constituted, not without astonishment, I saw some fresh blood in his mouth, which, according to the common observation, he had sucked from the people killed by him. In short, all the indications were present that, that such people, as remarked above, are said to have. So, in other words, pragmatic Austrian guy is saying, fuck, we dug this guy up, and this is what we found. And he's not, like, yeah. crazy into this stuff. So at this point, Doc, what do you, what are your thoughts about this? This is what I wanted to ask you about. Like, what, why the fuck wouldn't there be an odor? Let's just assume, like, this guy wrote that it was the 10 weeks skin. after. Ooh. The new skin, all that stuff. Do you have an explanation for any of this? Well, in some of it, yes. Yes, I do. So I I don't know um, as far as the odor goes. I mean, there's a period of time where you have a lot of activity and then, you know, it begins to go away, right? So consistent with 10 weeks, um, my question here would be is, you know, there's a lot of variables that we'd have to take into account. We got to take into account the soil type that they're in, uh, what the temperature is like, whether it's aired. I mean, if this is a wintertime thing, there's not going to be any smell yet. Right. Right. 
So, um, you know, I, I'm not I talking about the odor. You know, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about um, arid conditions. And, and so when I say arid, I mean low humidity, right? And in low humidity conditions, the body will actually begin to mummify itself. Um, and that mummification lends to the things like we were talking about, what appears to be hair growth, what appears to be nail growth, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. However, there was a couple other things in here that I thought were interesting. Um, we're talking about the, 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 the skin of the fingers splitting, right? Is that what you said? Skin of the fingers were splitting and what appeared to be new skin underneath of it? Yeah. It said, it said the old skin, which was somewhat whitish had peeled away. And that new fresh skin had emerged under it. All right. Uh, and this is probably, again, they're they're looking at this from the pragmatic, uh, you know, discernible, let's explain it the way that we have ordered our world to ourselves type of view. What, what you're experiencing there is sloughing. Um, we, we know we got several layers of skin, right? Mm -hmm. And so is the outer layer of the skin. Slippage? Slip, yeah, slippage. Well, isn't that like the slimy sloughing underneath, like when your body decomposes underneath? Typically, typically, you know, in in a humid environment, um, this happens very quick. There's like huge blisters, uh, the size of, um, you know, maybe the size of a coffee cup. You know, the the oh. diameter, right? You get these huge blisters over the body. They pop the the fluid underneath that, which is you know, it drains away, and it actually looks like um, bad burns. Okay. So, like, it's is it like red underneath? White. It's oh, it's white underneath. It's white underneath. Why right? did they say it wasn't white underneath? They said it. Would you say it again? You said with new skin underneath, so it's going to be pink or white. They said the old skin, which was somewhat whitish, uh -huh. had peeled away, so that could be like the blister, and then a new fresh skin had emerged under it. And we have several layers of skin. Okay, and so if you if you take off that very outer layer of skin, what's going to look underneath it? Think about when you get a burn, right? And and the the blister pops, and and we all know people can't stand to have that skin on, so they peel the skin off of themselves. And underneath is is this really nice, tender looking skin, right? Now, in the body dur during the decomposition part, you're going to get that blister. Now you're not going to have that 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 healing that. Uh, remodeling of cells underneath of it, right? The the, the blister is going to come off, but what underneath of it could very well look like new skin. I mean, does that make sense to you? That does. Is there anything that she just described that didn't make sense to you? Like that couldn't be explained by what you know? Yeah, I'm, and, and I'll come back to to it. Um, let's let's talk about the nose. The nose appeared to be gone. Right. That now, was the thing. Yeah, I was like, okay. The, the one nostril. So he looks right? like Michael Jackson. So when the nose falls off, there's two bones that run at the top of the nose called the nasal bones, and underneath of it is the nasal aperture, right? And so you know the nostrils and that stuff. As as you know, my my first thought is there's more <laughs> decomposition here than what than what they're noted um, in this record, right? Nobody's flipped a guy over and looked at him. Right. And had they, I've worked many, many, many deaths in my life where I have gone to the scene and a person who's been dead for a while and there's very low odor at all until I roll them. Ew, gross. Okay. And then the smell comes out, whether I've adjusted the abdominal cavity and I get a nice fart out of them, um, you know, or, you know, you compress the lungs and that air is excelled, expelled. So it really just depends on what's going on inside of the body. Listen, if, if they're up in a cool climate area, 
it, let's say it's 60 degrees, let's say it's 50 degrees, right? And there's, it, it's dry. Um, mm-hmm. Then this all makes perfect sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is um, the blood in the mouth. And they quoted it, I think you said that it was fresh blood. And that kind of goes against scientific convention, right? This, because the blood's supposed to go to the lowest lowest point of the body. Okay. And this this Austrian guy, like, he's seen death. Okay. He's absolutely seen death because, I mean, he was involved in all these wars in the area. Like, 1700s, it's common for people to be dying all over the place, right? You see dead bodies. And I was giggling before because Cece was feeling her nose bones when we were talking about... <laughs> Or I should say cartilage. Cartilage. You know, and a lot of times um, in the in the, in the <clears throat> medical legal world, we talk about the totality of the circumstances, right? Um, you know, when, when I approach a case, I don't want to know anything about it, right? I'm, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to come up with my own questions, my own observations. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then... I want to start to get that context, the the riches to it, right? So let's look at that back in the 1700s. First of all, you got a guy examining a body who's a war guy, okay? War people are usually way messed up, right? Limbs cut off, slashed, gashed, probably maggot infested. Um, you know, that is a totally different thing than somebody who just, how did he originally die again? They don't know how. It, I don't know. He had an ordinary death. Ordinary so let's death. Let's just say it was a natural let's death. Let's say he had a heart attack. Right. Okay, good. Or cancer or something dumb, right. right? Okay, so anyway, his body's not mutilated. No. The, 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 the decompositive process, while they're the same, visually to you and me, if we're looking at somebody that was killed on a battlefield versus somebody that died in bed, they're going to look totally different. Absolutely different because trauma reacts differently to natural death. And they're right? going to decompose differently too. Totally differently because of all the open areas. Okay, so if you have like open areas on a body, then it's not going to like hold in all the the guts and gore and all that other stuff as it's decomposing, right? It's going right. to leak out easier? It, it, yeah. And, and think about it. And I'm just going to go back to the 1700s. I'm going to say most of the weapons that were used back then – uh, were some type of lance, whether it be a bow or an arrow or a spear or a pike sure. or something like that, right? And where do you stab people with those? In the head. Uh, maybe in the movies. <laughs> right? In the chest, probably. <laughs> no, you go for center mass. You stick them in the gut. You stick them in the chest. I mean, those are the bigger areas to aim at. So, you know, um, this Peter, dead Peter, undead Peter, you know, if, if he didn't die that way, yeah, he's not going to have those additional points of entry or we could look at it from you know the in, internal decomposition points of exit the nose coming off I, I i you know nose coming off could be could be decomposition i have um, another theory about what the nose coming off is okay um well go on and then i'll i'll comment on my last thing so clearly now in my research here i did find that vampires can turn into mice so clearly what happened here is that he got turned into a vampire by a mouse climbing into the casket and eating his nose. I thought you were going to tell me that he got his nose, while he turned into a mouse, he got his nose caught in a mouse trap. No, this isn't Tom and Jerry. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and that makes me think of something funny because when you were first explaining this, um, the small king, or as, as Grace was called, the only thing I could think of was from Shrek, Lord Farquaad, you know, marching around, <laughs> being a small king, telling That's people what analogy. to do, what they do, and yeah, maybe from with his little was... fluffy pants. I like his hair. His fantastic hair. Farquaad's hair yeah. with his bangs and his little page boy cut. Page boy. I think that's, that's what they call that. <laughs> that's the berries and cream guy. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Don't do it. So, and then blood in the mouth. Now, okay, let me back up with all the absurdity. Okay, so people, I think everybody should know I'm an empiricist, right? I, it, it, there, there's got to be an explanation that's reasonable and interpreted by the five senses. He was buried. He got out of his casket and he marched about town demanding sandwiches and killing kids and, and oh, um, floppying people, right? Yeah, but he can be a mouse. Okay, well, how's a Either way, how are you going to get out of a grave and then burrow your way back in? Maybe if he was a mole. I get it. Right? I also think it's ridiculous. Right. So the. I'm not fighting you. No, I know you're not. But I. <laughs> look at Cece back here. She's rolling her eyes at me. So, um. The 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 only thing that I couldn't really come up with um, in the, uh, you know, roughly 17 seconds you gave me to prepare for this is that uh, <laughs> the blood in the mouth. Now, could it be that, I mean, there's got to be some kind of pressure to get the blood up to the mouth, right? So Like a penis pump? For a leg, maybe. Or for a mouth, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's a penis pump? I'm not familiar with what those are. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure on the blood on the mouth. Again, what was so it? The what were the, the conditions? We can, we can admit that something here is a mystery, and that proves he was a vampire. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, because That's we can't explain one thing. It must yeah. be a vampire. <laughs> All right, must be. Well, the logical explanation, Doc. I mean, if they if they really wanted to do it, they would have done a culture on his blood and and see if they could, you know, ascertain which ones were exactly the virus. But I wish that they would have kept the blood for DNA analysis later on. Like if they would have collected blood from some yeah. nine people, yeah. and then kept it and preserved it, yeah. kind of like they did in not the Land Before Time, but that other dinosaur show. What's it called? Jurassic Park. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a big difference. Littlefoot versus T Rex. Yeah. Okay. You you're get the picture. You're something. <laughs> um, and, and there was something there I wanted to say to you. So you collect the blood, blah blah. Oh, neck and stomach biting. Yeah. Okay. Now I can get a neck bite, right? Because there's, you know, you got some <laughs> some some real good stuff underneath there that'll give you some real high pressure bloodlet, right? But the belly. Yeah, maybe they were chubby. Did anybody go and look and see what their bite marks? Did they do impressions? Well, not <gasps> even that. That's what? what I would have done. A bite impression. Yeah, I would have totally done a bite impression. A what 17th century forensic odontologist in a town of 800. No, I'm just trying to think of it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, the, the, because of the fact that he's got new skin, we can explain that. The nose has fallen off. We can explain that. The mouse. Tom and Jerry, the mouse. Yeah. Um, you know, fingernails, hair, we can explain that. I, But nobody's given us anything that I'm aware of. Nobody's given us anything else. And my big thing is 
How does a vampire, what do they do? Do they like bat into their grave when they're done? These ones weren't bats. Okay. So I'm going to move on here to the final resolution report. And this is like, I really want to believe that this is the final report, like I said. And, and so I just think it's really great. So after both the Pope and I had seen this spectacle, while the people grew more outraged than distressed, all the subjects, with great speed, sharpened a stake. Let's talk about that for a second. These people were like speed whittlers <laughs> up their hawthorn stakes. Okay? They're just like... Okay? Yep. In order to pierce the corpse of the deceased with it and put this at his heart, whereupon, as he was pierced, not only did much blood completely fresh flow also through his ears and mouth, but still other wild signs, which I pass by out of high respect took place. All right. This is where it is entered in parentheses. He means that the corpse had an erection. Undead Peter. Does it really say that? Show me where it says that. It says it right here in the cliff notes. It says, he means that the... No, before that, what are you taking? He said, but other And wild, wild signs, signs, which I pass out of high respect. Oh, because he had to look up to it. Very good. See, I have humor too. I undead Peter funny. with the undead Peter. Do people yes! get boners in the death? <laughs> do people get boners in death? Actually, yes, they do, um, but they're not sustained. Typically, we'll see it in a spinal injury, um, what about like a broken mortis? back. No, no. Spinal injuries will result in an erection. People who die during sex or masturbation will maintain a level of why chubby. Well, think about it, because there's a there's a muscle that constricts right to pinch off the blood flow. That's how you get the erection. And then if you die suddenly. The muscle is going to go flaccid, but it, you know there's no more Nothing control to it. it. But it, it's it's yeah, it's like when people die like this, you know, this muscle contracted my arm up here. It's not like my arms is going to suddenly go down. They can't see your arm. You know? I know they can't, but you can. His arm, he was curling it. He was doing a, a muscle curl. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Okay. But yeah, so and then piercing him and blood coming. Um that's go on. We can come back to that little portion, okay. but you were talking about Peter's. Yes, undead Peter. Finally, according to their usual practice, they burned the often mentioned body to ashes, of which I informed the most laudable administration, and at the same time would like to request, obediently and humbly, that if a mistake was made in this matter, such as to be attributed to me, but to the rabble, who were beside themselves with fear, and then Imperial Paviza Gradisk District, it signs off. So basically, the Austrian officials, after they heard this story and read the report, were like, okay, so he's burned up and people stopped dying and running away? And he's like, yes. So they're like, cool. The state of Kitty Wampus has concluded. There's nothing to see. So they were basically like, <laughs> carry on, Keebler. 
Yeah, they were like, well, I guess you killed the vampire. Let's keep going. Yep. So what do you have? So you also are educated in, you know, psychology, mostly like forensic and criminal psychology, but in psychology in general. And I know you teach on it. So should we talk a little bit about mass hysteria? <laughs> mass hysteria. Yeah. That's something I think everybody can relate to now, right? Hashtag COVID. Right. So in here, it talks a lot about like, you know, um, that vampires kind of dovetail with religious no-nos, like, like baptism, right? You weren't baptized. So now you're going to be a vampire. You committed suicide. That's a no-no. Now you're going to be a vampire, right? Um, they didn't know what the fuck plagues were at that time. All they knew is that they were superstitious and then, like, their whole family would die suddenly. You know, because it's like this this mix of, like, pagan and Christianity. So... Well, when you, when you look at... When you look at... When you... Okay, so it, it you've got groupthink, which is the herd mentality, right? One person runs and screams, and then suddenly, before you know it, they're followed by everybody else, right? I mean, that's. But the 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 underlying tone here is um, we could boil it down to just safety, right? And that's where religion brings its um, a specter, if you will, into things, right? We we want to know that we're not going to be punished forever and ever and ever. So you know, we have to do. X and Y in order to get to Z. Um, Are we talking about going to heaven? Heaven versus hell. Yeah, right? So, but now let's go back to an uneducated time where the concept of demonology uh, is still very, very real. And that's, I'm not making up demonology. That's what it is, right? I've heard of demonology. That's just real. This is real. Um, on the criminal side of the world, you know, we, we moved away from demonology saying that, you know, evil forces made people do bad things to that one, which is more rational where, you know, we make choices and so on and so forth. Anyway, so if you were to invoke then that a town or a set of people or an area um, is plagued by a, a spirit of some kind, then the group think to, to react to that is how the hell do we get rid of it? And if one person's here, we'll see it in other people, right? If one spirit's affecting this person, think about the Salem witch trials, right? Suddenly, it's you can point out anybody and anybody and everybody has it. Because this goes fucking nuts in Serbia at this time. Not just there, but like in the whole Slavic region, like you're talking about. So there was like, there was like another old woman that she was a vampire, right? And they all went nuts. And then there was like some other dude and that all went crazy same stuff and of course they're all seeing the bloated body the new growth you know all that good stuff of course you know let's change let's change it a little bit to something i think people can relate to here a little bit more if i were to say that we were going to be attacked by an evil malicious outside force skinwalkers i was gonna say um isis but okay skinwalkers or isis (laughs) they're the same Hey, can we take a pause for just a second to tell Cece a story that you told me about you? Because I I learned something new about the doc this week. Was this before I or after? I do this, I guess? not condone this by any way, shape, or form. But I got a feeling 
that Jules is going to do what Jules is going to do, and I'm shit out of luck on this one. All right, go ahead. We got to go back to 1990. Was it 1990? Yeah, I think so. So the doc told me a story. So we were talking about theater because Lucy got, got hooked up with her new school. You know, she's moving to a new high school, whatever, and she got uh, put in theater. And she was like, oh, I'm okay with that. You know, And you know I was a theater kid. And uh, so the doc decides that he's going to interject with a story that I had never heard before. And what was I, that I story? Don't, I, I have no idea what you're you talking about. You were in theater. Oh, I, I told you. I, I did um, set work. And then, and then what happened? Uh, See, another interesting thing about psychology is selective amnesia, and, and I'm afraid I'm deep in its <laughs> grip right now. No. I, I don't know what you're talking about, girl. No. Nope. Please yeah. tell her about your prayer. Yeah. Oh, a prayer. Did that have anything to do with the theater, or did I just mix those two together in my head? No, it happened. Okay, so, for whatever reason, I was asked to do the opening prayer for the... Um, what do you call it? The series of shows, you know, they're going to do you it every night. opening prayer before you did <laughs> they, theater? Were, yeah. Did you go to like a Catholic school or something? No, I didn't. It was just... No, it was just Appalachia. It's Appalachia. It's just Appalachia. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I did, and I don't remember what was said, except for the fact that I did ask the good Lord to strike down Saddam Hussein and kill him <laughs> dead. <laughs> And I thought it was a perfectly acceptable thing to do. And then afterwards, I got ridiculed. My own family ridiculed me. People at school ridiculed me. You but got I'm, made fun of? Yeah, but then I'm like, no, that fucker need to die. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he's not good. He's, you know. So anyway. See, <laughs> there you go. you when this happened? Well, 1990, I would have been, what, 16, 17, 17, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, can you imagine him? Be like, <laughs> okay, I want to go back and talk about what I was talking about. With his okay. feathered hair. Uh, my perm and my oh turtleneck. My oh, my God. With my cardigan oh, sweater. Man. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. Ladies loved me back then. I didn't know you back then. Yeah. But I wear Okay, skinwalkers or ISIS. Let's get back. ISIS, yeah. So what if, I, what if, what if there was a news report, right? Because we know how honest the news is. And the news say... That, oh, ISIS has poisoned the water supply. The skinwalkers poisoned. Okay. Or the skinwalkers or, you know, baby jumping Jehoshaphat. I, I don't care who it is. But suddenly everybody's water supply is going to be poisoned. And everybody is going to call in that their water supply is going to be poisoned. They might have poisoned a water recycling reclamation plant, say, in BFE, New Jersey. But somebody on well water in Tennessee is going to say, they got my water too, right? <laughs> so it's just that mass hysteria. Everybody starts to see a threat to their safety. And when they see that threat to their safety, they're going to react to it. Um, I remember when anthrax after 9-11, everybody that got mail for weeks and months and months and months. I remember. Yeah, we were going to... I got suspicious mail. This mail doesn't look right. This. So you like, got calls on that? Oh, we got tons of them. As and, a police officer. Yeah. And we had to bring in the FBI because of what, what? it was. So every case, you know, and they we had all these agents that were just shaking their head because somebody in, um, 
you know, in Congress got a letter laced with anthrax. But everybody was getting them now. Some people did. Right? So the point is, is that people see it as a threat to their safety. When they see the threat to their safety, if they see a way out of it, whether it's come have my water tested, come look at this letter, or burn that body, right? I mean, it's, it's all pretty much the same thing. We want to return back to the status quo. And, and that's what you're seeing, which is in Salem. Okay. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, um, and, you know, there's more contemporary things that we can look at with this too. Plus, another uh, a, a opportunity to perhaps explain this, okay, um, and I don't think it's a stretch um, by any means, but it is – if somebody is causing harm, let's say for a minute that, that Peter the Great Undead um, decided that he was going to come up and turn people into floppies, okay? <laughs> discs, but floppy. <laughs> or flubbies or whatever you call them. Floppy people. Floppy people. It's a lot easier to say Peter's undead. Peter's a vampire. Peter is something that's not human. Peter is something that is other than us, Right than to look at for, for some other explanation. And, and I could bring that right back to what we deal with, um, you know, the past, you know, 50 years. You talk about any major war. You had the Krauts, not Germans, not people, not sons, not daughters, right? Krauts. You, you go to Vietnam and we had um, Charlie, the VC, and, and some other less savory names instead of looking at them as people. You had race wars in America, same thing. You've got politics, same thing. Everybody points fingers and wants to dehumanize the other people. And it's easier if you dehumanize somebody because then they're not like you or you're not like them. We're all right? just people. All just people. So that's, that's part of what you're seeing here too. When you see mass hysteria is one is a threat to safety and two is I'm not like that person. I'm not like them. I didn't do this. After the Twin Towers fell in 2001, I remember the um, anti-Islam sentiment, right? And suddenly, anybody who was potentially Muslim was bad. No, strike that. Anybody who was Muslim was bad at that point in time. And that is because it's easier to point at them and say, you're not like us, therefore you're not human, right? Right. So it that lended to mass hysteria. Are there bad Muslims in the United States? Sure. Are there bad Christians? Sure. Bad Republicans, Democrats, white people, black people, old people, young people? Sure. But it's easier to try to ostracize those, call them a name, and push them away than it is to try to realize that that's a human being also. And that we should all just not be dicks to each other. Yeah, that'll never happen. Yeah, don't but anyway, that's don't my two cents dick. worth. Yeah. All right. Does that make sense, Cece? Yes, it really does. Okay. You have enlightened us. Mm. Enlightened us much. So, I'm just going to I'm going to close the story by saying that Undead Peter was a real vampire who got caught in a mouse trap because obviously he didn't have any shoes. Well, there's the thing about his wife like, no. she was so scared, number one. And then there, also the brutal murder. No, if there's any takeaway with this, y'all, is you got to bury people with shoes. That's yeah. it. Rue. That's it. And, and we would never have this problem again. I'm going to bury you in your boots. You better. That way I know I'll come back and be a cowboy. Okay. What so. shoes do you want to be buried in, Cece? You have a lot of shoes. Um, I, like, whatever chucks I've been 
rocking recently because I have to replace them every few years, but just take whatever the most worn looking chucks are from like, know, whatever's you, near my door. Do you, or whatever's <laughs> near my door. In that case, we're going to have to get one of those big um, containers that like are on ships and we'll bury Cece with her shoes by her front porch. I, I think one container will hold them all. Yeah, they might. I, I do have a lot of shoes. You do. I've moved you multiple times. I know how many shoes you have. It's not like how most girls collect shoes, like where they're like fancy high heels. It's not that. Oh, high. they're not. No. No. They're like casual tennies. Like the biggest collection of casual tennies. That anybody's ever owned. Yeah. Yes. That's great. So that's the other thing. Um... That has nothing to do with anything, the shoes, but also the brutal murder of his son. So my theory on that, though, if he's not actually a vampire, my theory on it was that perhaps the wife had some sort of psychosis and she actually killed her son. Like maybe she was schizophrenic or maybe she was hallucinating or maybe she had a brain parasite. Or maybe he found out that the kid wasn't his, and so he came back and killed the kid and then made her watch it, and was like, now you got to live with that for the rest of your life. Because and then he, he got hungry? back into his grave. No, because he didn't get the shoes. Oh, he got the shoes. Anyway, so <laughs> And a hamburger. That. And we never, we never were able to prove, like, where that blood came from or disprove. Like, why did he have blood, like, shooting out of his orifices when they stabbed him why was he maintaining a boner (laughs) if that's what the pope was even i mean 10 week old boner a 10 week old boner blood coming out of the head wasn't fresh it would have been deep black which could be confused with fresh that is not confusing with however the brain is mushed it's decomposed in the head and it naturally can come out of the ears and if somebody stabbed the head of course there'll be a lot of stuff come out of there i bet they stabbed his head yeah well then you crack it open like a rotten egg what's it gonna do like colin robinson's head on a baby boy (laughs) anyway so going back to that y'all y'all do need to see season four episode one and if you're one of the producers for that show, we love you. But Bravo. seeing a baby Colin Robinson <laughs> playing in a puddle of mud, blood, that was the cake that made my day. Okay, you <laughs> gross-ass fucker. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. So On that, that was note, it. I'm leaving. That was my story of Undead Peter. What'd you think? That was a good one. That was a good one. That's like a new vampire story that's not... Nobody nobody knows about that one. What the hell? I mean, like, people know about it. They're just too scared to talk. I guess. You know, what was, what was the uh, the Russian um, uh, warlock uh, that was there I during... Yeah, Tsar Nicholas II's reign. Was it Rumpelstiltskin? I think it was Rumpelstiltskin. Cece, no, I sent you a picture. Not Rumpelstiltskin. It's Rasputin in his Rasputin. dick is in a jar. They, yeah, they cut it. They cut his dick off. His they put it into a jar. jar. I wish they would have yeah. done that with Peter's undead member. Yeah, they should have to study it, and we could test it now. Yeah, I bet you it have teeth, and it'll bite you if you put your finger in to get it. 
Because why would it have teeth? Because now it's a vampire dick. All right, I told you not to get out of control. All right, and you're out of control. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it, guys. We'll see you back for episode eight, and it will be Cece's turn. Nine. That's right. Actually, next one will be episode nine. This was episode eight. And All right, I'm just fine. Gonna give this is episode quick, eight. I, I'm going to give us a, a quick plug. If you enjoy our show, please tell your friends, have them follow us on whatever you're listening to. And if you haven't followed us yet, you should click that button. Also, if you decide you want to support us and help out with some of our monthly subscriptions, feel free to go to patreon.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast. You can find us on Instagram with handle weird shit my mom says podcast. You can find us on Twitter at weird shit MMS pod weird shit MMS pod and you can find us also on Facebook at facebook.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast leave the eye out of shit because Facebook is approved thanks guys goodbye 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 goodbye